Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks, how can somebody cope with or recover from feelings that occur from unrequited love? I've also seen the same question, except instead of unrequited love, you see the term heartbreak. How can somebody cope with heartbreak or recover from heartbreak? So I'm actually going to look at this question from two different perspectives. From the perspective of the person who feels unrequited love for another, I'm going to refer to this person as person A. I'm also going to refer to this person as a male. I know, of course, it doesn't have to be a male. I just do this because it's easier with the pronouns to keep the people clear as I go through these descriptions. And I'm also going to look at this from the person who is the target of the unrequited love, the person not returning the love, not reciprocating the love. I'll call this person person B, and again, they will be female, just to keep things clear. So person A is male, person B is female. Most researchers agree that love only has a positive effect when it's both given and received, so a mutually loving relationship. Yet many individuals experience what we call unrequited love, which of course can lead to heartbreak. Other things can lead to heartbreak as well. Unrequited love is when somebody loves someone who does not love them back, or I suppose who cannot love them back. I think a paradox exists in this term, but I'll talk about this a little later on in the video. So unrequited love is not simply disappointment. Everyone feels that. A lot of people are attracted to somebody and that person is not attracted back and they're disappointed, but they may not really feel unrequited love because their attraction may not rise to the level of love. Unrequited love is also not secret love. So to have unrequited love, for love to be unrequited, the love has to be expressed because there needs to be a rejection. So if somebody secretly loves somebody else, that doesn't qualify as unrequited love. Now, unrequited love can exist in a few different forms. For example, Person A loves person B, and person B doesn't reciprocate. That's the most common type of unrequited love. It can exist in a form where there's a love differential. So person A loves person B a lot, and person B really doesn't love person A as much. It would really have to be a wide discrepancy to qualify as unrequited love. Otherwise, it's just a situation where there's a differential in the quantity of love. I guess that's one way to put it. Love is kind of hard to quantify, but that's one way to kind of think about it. So one person loves a lot, another person doesn't love hardly at all. And the last category of unrequited love would be where person A and person B love each other, but then person B falls out of love with person A. So the unrequited love is essentially caused by the change in behavior in person B and not necessarily through changes we see in person A. So focusing on the first scenario, person A loves person B, but person B doesn't feel the same way. Person A has a few choices in this scenario. Essentially, they can let it go, they can try to move on, or they can pursue. So pursuit gets kind of complicated. So there's actually a term in the research literature called unwanted pursuit behavior. And it's really somewhat like stalking. Unwanted pursuit behavior is actually quite problematic, and it's never considered positive. Now, if person A lets it go, it's painful, but usually that brings about a better outcome. If person A pursues, again, this is where we get into an area where problems occur. Unrequited love 
when it's followed up on, when there's pursuit, always seems to end badly. So let's say there's a situation with unrequited love and person B gives in. So person B says to themselves, I'll give person A a chance, even though I'm not attracted to him. Let's just see where it goes. I've seen this many times in my career. And it creates this miserable and saddening situation where person A is trying to do everything they can to get person B to like him. Taking her to a nice restaurant, complimenting her, trying to be a good listener, trying to be sensitive. But person B just isn't responding. She seems bored, easily frustrated, and is not reciprocating any of the feelings, at least not at the same level at which person A is delivering those feelings. It's really a painful situation to watch. Person A seems to be doing a lot of things correctly, but getting no positive responses. I've seen this quite often with affair situations. So person A is with person B, and person B is having an affair with somebody else. Person A doesn't know it, and they wonder why their efforts to create intimacy and to advance the relationship are unsuccessful. So in looking at the outcome of unrequited love and trying to see how things could turn out for both people, person A may experience a short-lived sense of elation. They had that initial attraction. That's very exciting because they think they might have a chance with person B. But in the end, person A is going to be devastated. For person B, there's not even a short-lived positive experience in this. They're going to be uncomfortable with person A and eventually reject him. So it's all negative for person B and essentially all negative for person A. Just that, again, short-lived period where there may be some positive feelings. Now that covers why unrequited love typically doesn't work out, but why does it occur? Why is person A's love not reciprocated? There's a tendency for people to like those who like them. So attraction can elicit reciprocal attraction. This is actually quite common. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who've overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Well, there are several theories as to why unrequited love occurs. When we look at the research on romantic attraction, we see that people often desire the most desirable people, which of course makes a lot of sense. But eventually, people settle into relationships with partners who are on about the same level when it comes to attractiveness. The most attractive people have a lot more choices, and eventually they tend to end up with other highly attractive people, leaving less attractive people to pair up with one another. It seems harsh and a little bit cruel, but it is the way of the world. And this means that there are a lot of less attractive people who will be disappointed 
in that initial attraction to more desirable partners. And this is where we get the idea of unrequited love. Another reason that unrequited love may occur may have to do with relationships that start out as friendships. Romantic love essentially depends on the presence of physical attractiveness. And of course, friendship does not. What happens here is the people become friends with other people, even though they're not well matched in terms of romantic desirability. From that friendship, we can see a level of intimacy develop. So the people start to like one another. The presence of this intimacy may drive the less attractive person to develop feelings for the more attractive person. So using person A and person B here, person A starts to develop feelings for person B, even though the two are just friends. So this covers why unrequited love occurs, but what happens afterward? What are the consequences of unrequited love? Well, we see several consequences for person A. Humiliation, shame, guilt, frustration, questioning one's own judgment. Why did person A pursue person B? Questioning one's own worth. Why did person B reject person A? Feeling undesirable, feeling worthless, and to some extent, losing faith in humanity, losing faith in the way that people are attracted to one another and how meaningful relationships can develop. So essentially, this whole situation of attraction and romance starts to seem quite shallow. Now, those are the consequences for person A, but what about person B? Well, on the side of person B, we see guilt and maybe some justifying of actions. Person B might feel shallow. They might feel guilty. They may feel guilty about lying if, in fact, she lied. We see from the research literature that the reason that person B gives to person A for the rejection is usually not the true reason. The vast majority of the time, the true reason is a lack of physical attractiveness. So to put it bluntly, person B believes that she can do better. So an honest answer would be, I don't want to settle, which of course is what sometimes person B would say, but it seems harsh, although it is technically true. However, the reason usually given is something more logistical. She may claim that she has another partner, so even though she's dating this one person, person A, this whole time along there's been this other partner that she likes better. It's not always easy to believe, but it's one of the reasons that are given. We see that person B may say that person A is too good for her. This is the old, it's not you, it's me kind of deal, right? Again, quite common. Or she's not ready for a relationship, right? So person B might say that to person A. So from the nature of unrequited love and looking at some of the consequences, I have some thoughts on what person A and person B may want to consider, right? What may they do to cope with and recover from these situations of unrequited love and heartbreak? On the side of person A, what seems to make sense here is just letting person B go, right? You can't make somebody love you. In the early stages of attraction, people are really focused on themselves. It's not really a caring phase. It's kind of a selfish phase. So it's a good point to move on, right? You're not really caring for somebody. Again, it's self-centered. So that's a good time to say, I'm just going to go look for somebody else. Now, I've seen this theory about how person A may think that they can change and come back, right? So they were rejected by person B. So person A says to himself, I'm going to go change my attractiveness, my personality, my access to resources, whatever is problematic or whatever they believe is problematic, and then they'll come back and approach person B again. I've heard people say, 
I'm a very attractive person packaged in an unattractive person's body, right? I've heard that many times. And I've seen the same thing with, I'm a very attractive person in terms of my personality, but I'm trapped in an unpleasant personality. So there's this idea that attractiveness can change over time. An individual can mature, improve social skills, get a good job, earn more money. And this is an interesting idea, and I guess it makes sense logically in some way, but it's typically not very successful. I think because of the time span, and once somebody rejects somebody else, it's kind of hard to get a different decision, right, on that particular relationship. So person B is not likely to change her mind. So those are my thoughts for person A. What about person B? I would say for a person in person B situation, be direct. It's painful, but it's better in the long run. There's really no sense in leading someone on. It's better just to reject person A quickly and decisively. Now, sometimes what happens is that person B really likes the unrequited love. It's good for their self-esteem, but this is destructive ultimately for both people. So before I talked about how I thought unrequited love is really a paradox, the term itself is a paradox. I want to cover that and a few other thoughts about this concept of unrequited love. If person A could force person B to love him, would he do it? If he would, is that really love? So What this really comes down to is, what is the nature of love? If unrequited love is real love, then person A may be able to respect the choice made by person B. Perhaps real love is strong enough to let somebody go. I think real love is a bit like scaffolding on a building, right? As we see construction workers put up scaffolding so they can paint a building or side it or whatever, they have to make sure that the scaffolding is level. And when they raise the height of it, They have to raise both sides at the same time. And I think, again, love kind of works this way. As person A starts to love person B, before that love goes too far, person B is going to start to love person A. So it's going to level out that platform, right? At least mostly. If one person loves the other more, way more, then we're going to see it becomes lopsided. The relationship becomes lopsided. And just like lopsided scaffolding, we're going to see that relationship fail. This is when we see that love can become unrequited love, a desire to make someone feel a certain way, and maybe that's not love at all. In its most productive form, unrequited love is really a temporary experience that moves somebody to break off a relationship, right? That's, I think, the purpose of unrequited love. It's not to begin pursuing. It's not to try to win somebody over when they can't be won over. The only possible positive outcome in reality for unrequited love is that unrequited love ending. And I guess there's a learning experience and a learning value that can occur as well. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The producers for this show are Christopher Brightigan and Madison Linden. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, 
Vita Brothers. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.